0: Going Home, Episode 8, A Lot More Trouble.
1: Chapter 36 We come up in the town hospital. Evelyn Cook, age 40, is dressed in a nurse's uniform and is sitting behind a desk in her office. Above her and behind her is a charity banner that reads... The Charlotte Eagleheart Hospital Fund. Evelyn is speaking on the office phone.
2: Let me assure you that at the moment her vital signs are all normal. She's in a semi coma like state from the taser blast. After all, she did receive 50,000 volts of electricity for uh, an, an extended period of time. Well, I certainly would not want to go through it. I'm told the pain is excruciating. The equivalent of birthing triplets, something else I would not want to go through, would you? Well, there you go. As you like to say in the city, we're on the same page. Or as my son would say, are you picking up on what I'm putting down? Is that hip hop? I don't know, you tell me. When I'm not saving lives or healing hats, I get the jobs from handing out high fives. Oh, I'm sorry, that's not very professional. My only excuse is that around here, I'm known as the hospital poet. And, well, I took advantage of our conversation. Okay, back to your what? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Mm. I have no idea what you should tell your children. I find the truth works. At least it does for us country folk. But then again, what do we know about the ways of the world? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm. Okay, well, how's this? Mummy broke the law. Mummy got shot. Mummy may or may not go to jail. Let's phone a lawyer. How's that grab you? You wanna know what to tell them about her injuries? Why do not you say so? Around here, it's called cutting to the chase. I got no time to waste. So come on, loser, and make with the haste, because I got me a butterball turkey to baste. Mm hmm, mm hmm, mm. Okay, I'm a physical nurse. I look after people with physical discomforts. I do not engage in mental disorders, but I would strongly suspect that your wife is dealing with a mental disorder. May I suggest therapy? extreme therapy and if i may be so bold it sounds to me like your whole family could benefit from a little headwork. now you'll have to excuse me as i have to return to other more important matters however in closing here's a little advice from your country cousin children deserve the truth straight up no polish their mother is a criminal i have known her since high school she was a piece of work then, and she's a piece of work now. Goodbye, mister Costner. Okay, so she got the best of me down at the hockey arena. I slept. Chapter
1: thirty-seven. Same day, afternoon. We are back in the graveyard. We hear a shovel shoveling. In the background, we can make out Danny's car. It's right where he left it. Then we move in to show that it is Danny shoveling. He is just done filling in his mother's grave. He starts smoothing it out with his hands.
3: Well, that's the cover-up. I am in so far over my head, so far, I need to sleep.
1: Chapter 38, Early Evening, we see a police cruiser turn into the Charlotte Eagleheart Hospital parking lot. As we move in for a closer look, we see that it is Jack Maynard driving the cruiser. He stops the police car, gets out and moves towards the hospital entrance. He will speak to us as he moves to enter the hospital.
4: Listen up recruits, all training has been cancelled until further notice. I apologize. This is going to be one of the most difficult moments in my life. I'm about to charge Esther Sullivan with public mischief and resisting arrest. I have been forced into this decision by pressure from Dr. Ann Howe, as well as my own superior officer. And as you might suspect, excuse me, Constable Jack Maynard, Yes. Edward. Well, sir, I regret to inform you that I am just about to charge your wife with public mischief and resisting arrest. As as I told you earlier, my hands are tied. Yeah. Yes, sir. I'm aware. I'm aware of that, sir. I have children as well. I'm very sorry you feel that way. Sir, please try not to worry. I will be going to court with her. Well, if you must know, we have a history. Let's leave it at that, a history. Nothing more than high school hijinks, nothing more. I can, I can assure you of that. And of course, I will be recommending a full pardon on these charges, full pardon. However, the doctor involved is very upset, and one of her conditions is therapy, anger management. I think she's French. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Of course, sir. No, no, not at all. I'll, I'll speak to her. Yes, hello. And your name is Rosa. And how are you, Rosa? Yes, I, I am a police officer. No, 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 no. She won't be going to jail. I can guarantee you that. And she will be back with you very soon. You're welcome. Okay, okay. Uh, of course. Uh, put her on. Hello, Rita. How are you, Rita? Yes, well, I bet you are excited, but don't worry. Mommy will be home soon, very soon. I promise. Well, I did not handcuff her, and I most certainly did not strip search her. How old are you, if you don't mind my asking? Eight years old. Well, you must watch a lot of TV, young lady. Yes, I did have to taser her, which I am extremely sorry for, but she is all better now. Well, well, yes, she she was in a bit of pain, but but I don't think that is something to laugh about. Could I speak to your father again? Sir, yes, sir, yes, yes, I can hear their, their excitement. Sir, if I may offer you some advice, I do not think telling your children all the details of this case is appropriate. You haven't open relationship with your children. Okay, Edward, we have to continue this discussion in the future. Bye for now.
1: Maynard has come to a hospital room door. He moves to open it. Chapter 39 Esther bursts out a side door of the hospital. She will hurry Looking back over her shoulder, down a Pemberton side street that leads to and away from the hospital. She's wearing a hockey jacket over the top of her hospital gown. She's still feeling the effects of the taser, and is a little unsteady on her feet. Doesn't help that she's wearing rather high-heeled shoes. She puts her hand in the hockey jacket, pulls out a pack of cigarettes.
0: Hockey mums. Full deck of smokes. I know, I know. This is stealing, one more charge to add to the litter and I don't care, I I had to get out of there. That weird cop, the cop that tasered me, came into my room and charged me with public mischief. Then he starts in about a high school again and some bush party. I remember him and Steven hanging around together after school, but a bush party? I have no idea what he's talking about. He acted like we'd been intimate. I wouldn't have been caught dead being intimate with him. My teenage self was much too hip for him. Hi, honey. I hear you. I will. Yes, I promise I will write you from prison. But don't get your hopes up, Rita. I may not be going to prison. I know you're disappointed, but life's not perfect. Yes, if I do go to prison, you can come and visit. Well, of course Rosa can bake cookies. I would like that. Okay, okay, what do I always tell you? That's right, your father is now boss. I love you too. Put your father on, goodbye. Edward, now listen, no talking. I need to get lawyered up. We're looking at public mischief and resisting arrest. And as of 15 minutes ago, theft under a thousand. Listen up, honey, the girls would be only too happy to hear the truth. (laughs) I'm done talking for now. I'm a wanted woman, on the lam, a fugitive no less. With my kids all excited about the prospect of me going to jail and dare I say, even proud of me, suddenly I've become important to my whole family. They're hanging on my every word. My husband is telling me he loves me so much and he wants me home. This is all starting to look really good. I'm developing outlaw royalty. I could get used to this. I gotta find Danny. Danny came to me in my taser coma just before that cop came in. He's not himself, he needs my help. Although he doesn't know that yet. Vera? Vera Turnbolt? It's Hester Sullivan. Can you help me find Danny?
1: Chapter 40, it is now the next day, early morning, back in the graveyard. Dawn is just starting to come on. It's another nice day with the usual morning sounds. Danny has just woken up and is yawning and stretching, working out the sleep kinks. He then stands and looks at
3: the dawn coming up over the trees. Been here all night. Woke up once, but I couldn't move. Couldn't see the way forward. Slept right over there with Della Fraser, who died in the Spanish flu epidemic of 1917. Why I fell asleep on top of her, I don't know. I could have slept with anybody. Got a whole graveyard full of partners. You know, up until yesterday, I thought, I really thought I had a handle on everything. I thought I had a handle on him. But now, you know, after all this in the 2020, I realize he's turned a corner on me. And what's more important, he's turned a corner on himself. He's no longer stable. And it seems to me that I now got to take over. I got to start calling the shots, all the shots. He is, and it pains me to say, not up for any more healthy decisions. Funny thing, I saw it coming. He's been running red lights for months. But I looked the other way, ignored the warning signs. That's because all his other bullshit aside, my old man is a rock. Somebody to look up to. The guy who tied my skates. The guy who played catch ball with me. The guy that rubbed Vicks Rub on my chest when I got a cold. I never got whacked around. I never got told I wasn't good enough. I never even got told I was a disappointment. That fucks you up. Makes you look the other way. But I got to stop looking the other way and take over.
1: Danny turns and looks to the dawn still coming up.